Hey, welcome to Creative Block. We're your hosts, Gene. And V, we interview people in creative industries about their life, work, and hobbies while we do Little Jam. We asked people on Twitter if they had specific topics they wanted us to discuss, as well as some drawing prompts. And today with us, we have Sophia Alexander. Hi. Hello. Hello. Hi. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Did I butcher your last name? How do you pronounce your last name? Oh, Alexander. Okay. Nailed it. Nailed yeah. it in once. Nice. Good job, I v. mean, my full name is a lot longer than that, but... Can you but tell I us that? <laughs> it's um, Sofia Eugenia Alexander Garcia. Wow, that's awesome. Uh, that sounded so cool coming out. Well, Sofia, tell us who you are and what you do. Well, uh, you know, I you everyone asks me that question like at the beginning of something, and I'm like, oh, yeah. God, who am I? Um, yeah, yes. <laughs> you have an existential crisis right in the beginning. <laughs> I get nervous. Um, well, uh, I am, well, the, the creator and executive producer of Onyx Equinox. Uh, and uh, let me see, I was a storyboard artist before then. Uh, currently, I'm working at Marvel, and it's a lot of fun. What else? Uh, <laughs> I'm from originally from Mexico, uh, Cancun, mm. which is, uh, you know, that little place that people tend to go to whenever yeah. they go on vacation. Um, I've been there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's me. It's very pretty there. I, I, I actually ventured. I was there, you know, resorting with my parents. But uh, <laughs> but we did venture out into town and, like, it's very pretty. It's a, it's a very beautiful yeah. area. Um, even, yeah. That's, uh, that's great. Um, so, uh, tell us about like how you got your start drawing and, uh, how you first got into animation. Well, uh, to begin with, I didn't go to college for animation. I actually, okay. uh, nice. went for, for sequential art, which is the fancy word for the fancy term for comic books. Right. Uh, because, mm. you know, I loved manga and mm -hmm. anime and I wanted to be like, oh man, I want to. I want to draw my own manga and stuff. And I was like bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. And and then, you know, graduated. And one of my friends asked me like, hey, you know, can you help me on storyboards my, for my thesis of animation? And I said, um, I sure, what's that? Because I didn't know <laughs> what storyboards right. were. And um, yeah, so uh, he explained to me. I got the general gist. And uh, yeah, and I started storyboarding for him. And I realized, wow, this is awesome because it's kind of like animation, but I don't have to finish the right. drawings like I do in comics, which is kind right. of awesome. And yeah, um, uh, yeah it, it, so that's how I kind of dipped my, my toesies into the pool of storyboarding. I, um, let me see, I was I, I didn't break into the industry immediately uh, it actually took me a little bit uh and let, let me see it took me like three years to mm. break in uh i was living in savannah where i studied and uh we my wife and i my girlfriend at the time mm -hmm. we realized oh, well if we want to work in la we have to move there like mm. there's it's sure. more likely to get a job once you're in LA, once you have an address. And that's why, you know, it's a good idea to like, if you have a friend that lives in LA, uh, put your, put their address down 
when you're submitting for. Oh, damn. Interesting. That's really good. Yeah. I didn't know about that. Wait, why would you say it was? Because for me, my personal experience is like I was able to start freelancing from abroad. And then finally, they were like, okay, we'll we'll apply for visa for you. So Mm -hmm. I didn't go through that route of like, but why would you say for you, like, is it because uh studios just want you to start right away and uh and they need to to believe that you're in LA is that kind of like the yeah yeah it's uh it it's just you know more convenient for studios and uh you know and it's understandable a lot of times they're like oh no you know this person had to go on like sick leave or something or you know or like just production start uh suddenly and you know, sometimes uh, they just need more people for X, Y mm. reason. So, uh, it, also, yeah, V, you're right. Like the whole visa process, like it kind of, it, it involves a lot more work. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, yeah, it, it makes studios just want to generally hire people who are readily available. Yeah, it's v, cheaper. V, you're superhuman. That's how that worked out. I think that uh, <laughs> most people not really. did not get that that kind of thing. Yeah, because I, I I was told the same thing. It's like you have to, you That's have to so be there. Yeah. Did, did you, by the way, Sophia? Did you um study animation in the U.S.? Like, uh, what was the college you went to? Um, it's not a great college, and I don't like uh bringing it up because you know it was overpriced and. Yeah. They had favorites and mm. they did not foster like a very good environment for for kids who were not like little star students. Like I was not. Right. Mm, I see. Yeah, I I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of uh college to kind of work that way for some reason it's because i assume that like the better you know if if they see potential in somebody or perceived potential in somebody they're gonna want them to be like promoting the school and you know it's because it's all it all comes back to just making a buck unfortunately with colleges Mm -hmm. like that which is not fair yeah and uh yeah so like that's why uh i suggest to people who are animation hopefuls like hey you know if you have a friend who is you know uh comfortable with you putting down their address uh and they're ready to be like hey you know would it be okay if i crashed on your couch for a little bit and while i find a place to stay like please like that that's the easiest most economical way to find a job somewhere where you currently cannot afford to just move there and job hunt, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I crashed at uh, a friend's place for a month until we got our footing. And uh, I've had, let me see, like four people uh, crash on my couch for a couple of months. <laughs> you got to pay it forward, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, let me see, three of them were people I hired on Onyx. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, I mean, uh, one of them was Mona Robot on Twitter. Monica Robles, she was one of our uh, background designers, uh, concept artist for all the Maya technology. And oh, gosh, she's awesome. But yeah, I had to basically beg the studio, like, please 
please, I, I really would like her to be on this production because it would give the show a more authentic look and, or like, different. It would stand out. Uh, right. And the the reason behind that thought, sorry, it's, it's that uh, Mona lives in Chiapas. And in Chiapas, Mexico, by the way, uh, it's a state in Mexico, uh, there's a lot of, like, temples around the area. Uh, it's heavily Maya populated. Like, she, her whole thing is, like, the hieroglyph, not hieroglyphic, sorry, the iconography of Maya, like, uh, art. So mm. she's very well-versed on uh, like what it looks like what it means she has an incredible assortment of books and knowledge on the subject so i was like i really would like someone who knows about the culture who is familiar with it and the look of it to come help me basically teach my art director my uh, supervisor about like how things should look because you know me growing up in mexico and learning about these things in school and stuff like mm-hmm. it's it's the basics like it doesn't make sure. me a professional i was just really curious about my own culture uh or rather my uh cultural heritage and it's it, it was hard as a as a subject to be introduced as animation when people the the most they know about the mesoamerican people was oh apocalypto and mayas mm. The Maya, mm-hmm. Mayas, <laughs> the Mayans mm-hmm. and the Aztecs, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's so many more. Uh, so uh, I really wanted it to be special. Uh, you know, like any creator, sure. uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, making something. They want to make something beautiful and special. And uh, yeah, that was Onyx for me. So, uh, you know, the studio gave in they're like okay all right fine and so mona's like i have nowhere to go i'm like worry not if you are comfortable uh with crashing over at my place like please feel free to and she did and a funny thing is that one of my neighbors eventually was like hey you know i'm looking for a roommate and i was like well oh yeah (laughs) do i have news for you so uh yeah she stayed over um like she lived three apartments down mm-hmm. from mine That's great. uh yeah and you know the sad thing is that i was so busy all the time that i uh, never really saw her <laughs> oh, outside oh, of wow. work <gasps> yeah that's how it is right when you start show running it gets so busy <laughs> goodbye, <Yeah. laughs> goodbye <to friendships. laughs> oh my gosh uh, yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely I- I do want to ask you a little bit about how was how was your journey like uh, from your first job until getting to run Onyx Equinox. Like, um, what was what was what was it like getting your first job and kind of how were you were you pitching um, before you got your first gig? Were you pitching while you were working your first couple of gigs? How was that timeline like? Well, uh, after I moved in and crashed my friend's place, uh, it, it's uh, we we uh, kind of started looking for you know general work 
you know, Barnes and Noble, maybe that kind of that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. It's very strange how people get into this industry. Some of them get right after you know college; they graduate mm-hmm. with a job, uh, especially if you go like to certain schools, and um, the visibility for students is larger in some colleges than others. And uh, for those who don't, we end up like uh, trying to like, if you know someone who knows someone, you know, within like production or something, and you might start as, you know, something other than the job you wanted, which is perfectly fine and normal. Mm -hmm. Um, My journey was after I moved here, um we didn't have a job like in the industry at the time um it, so it was a little it was a little hard at first i applied uh for a bunch of like revisionist positions cuz i didn't feel ready to be a full on storyboard artist uh m- my college only offered one course on storyboarding and uh, this is when I wanted to go back into college to kind of uh, g- delve more into anim- the animation side of it and like storyboarding. But they only offered one course. And so I thought maybe it was going to be a waste of money. Um, so I, uh, I applied to be a storyboard revisionist in places, you know, Nickelodeon Cartoon Network, you know, whoever was looking. And... Uh, it was a little frustrating because you you don't hear back uh, for a while, so you're holding your breath, you know, hoping. Mm-hmm. Um, I did manage to to get far into the hiring process where they were like, "Oh, you know, we're looking at one other person in you," and I was like, "Great!" And you know, you feel so yeah. ready to start, mm-hmm. and you you're you know you're like, "Okay, come on, come on, maybe this is it," and mm-hmm. uh, you know you. I got disappointed a couple of times where I actually went, maybe I'm not fit for this, you know, mm-hmm. which is something everyone goes through. But the truth is, is that it's not if, I mean, there is a certain amount of talent that you need. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times, I'm even no matter how good you are, and how big you have like a fan base online or like connections or whatever. If your style specifically does not fit the show, you might not end up getting it. And that's fine. You know, yeah. uh, that's very true. It's nothing about mm-hmm. your. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's tough because everyone wants to take that personally. But like 99.9% of the time, it's just like you probably would have had a miserable time on that show as well. You know, like it. Cause I've been in a position where I got hired for something and I didn't feel like I was going to be a good fit, but I was like, this is a good, jo- this is a good job, but I should probably take it. And then I was like, Oh, I, I am not a good fit. for this. And it's like, it was, I was struggling, you know, so, but it happens. Yeah. And so, you know, I got disappointed a couple of times and it was about to mark a full year since we've been in LA. And I thought, Oh no. And you know, I was dealing I, well, I'm trying to be more open about this. I haven't mentioned it a lot, uh, but I think it's fair for those who also uh, suffer uh, of like, you know, uh, gosh, 
what's the term um imposter syndrome maybe uh no 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 uh depression <laughs> so like um, oh yes mm -hmm. oh, yeah, yeah, sure. mm -hmm. you know uh mm -hmm. I, i'm trying to be a little bit like remove the stigma of talking about mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. uh yeah. even though like i come from a culture that's very much like oh you know it's not you don't have anything you're just you know yep yeah yeah, totally, yeah I, I i relate to that <laughs> i feel like a lot of overseas cultures are like that because i'm i'm from ukraine originally too and like that's just like nobody wants to admit that mental illness is a thing yeah you know i, th I think america is actually destigmatizing a lot of that stuff mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i agree i think it's because it's kind of like or at least in france it's like well if you're not if you're smiling you're not depressed exactly yeah. exactly if if you're able to get out of bed you're not depressed uh -huh. so it's like oh <laughs> see you're fine you're fine now you're like no yeah it's, yeah it's like a faucet that you know you're trying to fix uh and it just yeah. continues dripping yeah. uh mm -hmm. you know you can you can try to fix it and maybe it'll stop the drip to a certain point so it doesn't fill the glass as fast yeah. but nice it's metaphor. still that's great. Uh, or like one of my, well, not favorites, but the one that kind of hits the most for me is when someone told me that it's kind of like being in the in like the ocean, like a choppy yeah. ocean, and you're floating, right? And you're mm -hmm. kind of going, moving through the motion of the waves, but sometimes there's a big wave about to crash on you. And when you're yeah. depressed, you learn to see those waves coming, or you learn to to see the the first signs before you go oh okay i'm about to be in a bad place sure and that's okay yep. you know you you just you don't it's not giving in it's allowing yourself to process mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. moments that you need in order to be okay later so i was going a lot through that i had a very traumatizing experience uh that is, uh, it's still a little personal. And even though it happened like 10 years ago, um, it's still fresh in a way because it's still sure. something that I'm dealing with currently. Right. But, uh, it, it, you know, coming out was not happy for me. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so I dealt with a lot of traumatizing experiences from that. And mm -hmm. uh, that one day I would like to share, but uh, I still don't feel ready. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Time. yeah, totally. Yeah. So, yeah. um, but I think it's still fair mentioning it because, you know, a lot yes. of people hope, oh, my parents might understand that maybe, maybe they don't or like it's, it's, it's not always yeah. a happy ending, but it does get better. Sure. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I, um, I, I keep going in tangents, but <laughs> uh, no, but I I think, we, you know, I'm sure we really V as well. We appreciate you opening up yes. about that kind of stuff, because mm -hmm. like you're right, there is a stigma and people don't want to talk about it. And I mm -hmm. think um, I, I know that there are people out there who will hear it, who are going through similar things. And yes. it's great to be it's great to feel seen and be heard and have a similar, you know, thing that you've gone through. So we appreciate exactly. that, that you've been upfront about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is very important also just because we've had, um, you know, we do want to have a lot of different stories and highlight that all of the experiences are like valid and real and do exist in this industry, you know, mm -hmm. so I think this is really great. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, yeah, so the 
the problem with, you know, uh, my depression is I didn't know how to manage it. So getting, uh, you know, the industry uh, blows up and, you know, not getting the mm-hmm. job, it's like it's harder. Uh, Mm -hmm. Or not harder, because, you know, it's everyone goes through it differently, uh, but it it felt hard for me. So uh, (laughs) my wife would be like, no, 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 don't give in, don't give up. And and, like you keep going. So uh, but yeah, it got to the point where we didn't really have money to eat with. Uh, We couldn't afford groceries. So like we were eating just pasta with tomato sauce for the longest time um i remember and we still talk about this because it's good to remember how far you've come but absolutely uh yeah i remember Mm -hmm. being at the grocery store to get pasta and i saw an apple and i was like oh my god i really really want an apple and i remember asking my wife like hey you know do you think you could do you think we can afford an apple and she goes i'll buy you two Oh, my heart. Uh, Yeah, it it got bad to the point where uh, two of our friends, one of them we crashed with, uh, they surprised us one evening and they just brought us groceries. And I remember I cried because, you know, you don't expect this kind of goodness from others. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. yes, there are friends and we love them and everything, but it's it's a big responsibility you can't just you know <laughs> support someone you don't you cannot expect others to support you the way uh, you expect family members to and mm-hmm. since yes. i went through mm-hmm. a very traumatic family experience i didn't mm-hmm. expect it from anyone that wasn't my girlfriend right mm-hmm. so seeing that made me feel very loved um so yeah shout out to my friends wonderful people uh yeah, so, uh, yeah, so things were dark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, we, the, the people that we moved in with, uh, they were one of my ex professors, uh, well, one of them was his sister and her wife. And so, uh, I would babysit for them all the time because, you know, they had a wonderful little girl and she was wonderful. Anyway, uh, uh, one of them was like, hey, you know, I know someone who works at Cartoon Network. And I was like, hey, that's awesome. But, you know, someone always tells you like, oh, I know someone who works at the store of blah, blah, blah. And you think, (laughs) okay, it's probably one of those. But you know what? It's uh, I'll take it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she ended up being a director on Powerpuff Girls. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I was like, oh, cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, and by then, I had been able to land uh, a job at Disney Imagineering. I forgot to mention. Uh, technically, my first job in the industry uh, was to help uh, reconceptualize the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. That's super um, cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think we've I had anybody helped... that worked uh, as an Imagineer. That's Really? Cool. Oh, I feel special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think you're our first. Tell, yeah, tell, <laughs> tell us about that, because that's a, that's a unique thing for sure. Okay. Uh, yeah, so um, I, uh, I knew someone from school who is now currently an Imagineer. And one of my professors was like, hey, remember so-and-so? And I was like, yeah. It's like, well, they're in L.A. right now. Here's their contact info. And uh, 
I didn't really know her well enough to feel comfortable to approach her, but you know what? The the worst that can happen is, oh, I can't help you or like, no, sorry. Or, yeah, sure. You know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I approached her and she was like, yeah, man, I'll put your name down. See if we have anything that, you know, you know, we might need help with. And I was like, awesome. And it was a freelance job, so it wasn't something stable, but it was something. And, you know, the typical artist doing commissions online and stuff. So, like, this feels big. And it was, like, a nice paycheck, all things considered, you know. And so, I, uh, yeah, I, uh, it sh- you know, I was contacted. And they were like, hey, you know, we need help doing this. And I was like, holy crap, that's huge. Uh, so, I, I almost said no because I was so scared. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I... I um, I ended up saying yes, and uh, they gave me the art design of, gosh, I don't remember the name of the character design for, like, Sleeping Beauty, but they designed Aurora, basically, and they were, like, the original designers of the characters uh, in Pirates of the Caribbean, like, the concept. Interesting. Really cool. Yeah, so uh, they gave me the art style kind of samples, so I kind of followed that as best as I could. And, uh, yeah, I helped reimagine the stage where the women are being sold, you know? Because, <laughs> you know, human trafficking, maybe it's not good. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, we... Um, uh, well, not we. Well, yes, we, because it's not just me. It's a big team. Uh, mm-hmm. So I helped with that, and uh, I helped, like do the first designs of uh the lady in red i think they call her red for short uh which is like basically the sexy lady that's Mm -hmm. being sold and we imagined her as a pirate and so i did some of like the first drawings like the first drafts of her and her dress and like what she would look like and some of the expressions and i feel like i should share these things like on my on my art like on Maybe my instagram should, should, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cool i'm like so curious yeah i've never seen art of uh that like all the concepts that go into making one of those mm. that's really cool <laughs> it was fun uh and kind of surreal because i was like oh yeah i guess there's people who do this uh yeah so uh that was fun um and uh i would like to say that the general idea of what i help with came through and so it was really exciting like oh, going wow. okay, to see great. it yeah, yeah I, it was really exciting to going to see it in person being like oh my god i help with this this is awesome um <laughs> i never met the other people who helped the other artists so mm. uh if you're listening to this you're awesome um but yeah uh so uh, yes my my uh landlady was like hey you know uh we know this person so we contacted them and uh you know they were like hey yeah we need help immediately on powerpuff girls and we need help uh doing revisions and the revisions were done traditionally interesting yeah, yeah. they gave us like god oh, did you did you meet megan fisher uh i think she... fitzy because i think she she was also doing revisions she's talking about doing revisions on paper as well oh. for powerpuff girls and you did you have to use like the little like uh not knife but what is it called like 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 you had to draw on post-it notes yeah sometimes like kind of like cut and yep. like paste and stuff uh-huh. this is so crazy no this i never so met fun. i never met her 
ah man yeah maybe it was like at a because because the show was like a couple seasons long right Mm -hmm. it was like three seasons so maybe you guys were on different seasons maybe uh also i never saw anyone from the team um, (sighs) because my wife and i we both got the job uh the only person we knew was andy uh kung i kung i'm sorry if i'm mispronouncing your name andy uh but he was the full-time storyboard revisionist and he was the only one we met besides the the art director not the art director the the storyboard director the episodic director Mm. and um so i i didn't really get a chance to make many friends uh but you know it 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 was something and we were very grateful for it the job started at 5 p.m and Mm. we were supposed to be done with the revisions uh by 8 a.m the next morning and so our schedule was very weird wow yeah that's crazy yeah wait they were like working you like overnight i mean if that was necessary they never said it oh my god but that's so crazy sometimes <gasps> and most of the time rather <laughs> it was a job that took us well into 3 a.m or 4 a.m oh that's so crazy wow wow yeah you guys were like the um, emergency team (laughs) yes basically all the work that uh andy couldn't get done which is understandably so because i think he was the only storyboard revisionist wow period yeah (gasps) wow that's crazy yeah so holy moly how long did you do this for 10 months 10 months okay Uh uh-huh uh, wow. Yeah, and then Andy, uh, he was the one who asked, like, hey, you know, uh, I have a friend who uh, is, you know, I'm, can I, sorry, let me say this again. Uh, Andy approached my wife and I, Anna Lencioni, uh, and was like, hey, you know, would you like me to put you down on a list of names for me to recommend to people? And I was like, oh, hell yeah, you know, like, please. And that's how uh, we got in touch with uh, Hasbro people and DreamWorks people. Uh, Actually, both my wife and I were contacted by both Hasbro and DreamWorks. And we thought, well, let's divide and conquer. You go to DreamWorks and I'll go to Hasbro because if for some reason the production ends early or is canceled or something happens, both of us cannot be unemployed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, we decided to do that, even though we really wanted to work together. Um, and so, yeah, um, uh, my first full-time job as a revisionist was over on Stretch Armstrong and the Flex Fighters over on at Hasbro. And uh, I was bumped up to, gosh, Journeyman? Is that what it's called? Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, after like three months of being there. And then I was bumped into being a, a full-time storyboard artist within like the first six months, I want to say. Uh, so I, I was able to like climb the ladder pr- pr- well, pretty quickly, actually. Yeah, sounds like it, yeah. And That's so, uh, yeah, I stayed there for like, for like over a year. And then, uh, you know, uh, my my uh, executive producer and the supervising director were like, hey, you know, 
you're really good. And I think we, you have the, the, uh, we, we believe you have what it takes to like, you know, be greater. And, and we want to, uh, foster this growth, you know, uh, cause they were very inclusive people. They wanted to include uh, more diversity before, you know, most studios mm. started doing it really. Um, <laughs> or at least vocal about it and showing off like, oh yeah, we're so inclusive. You know, it, it's a mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. But they were actually yeah. already doing it. And mm-hmm. so uh, they were like, you know, we have some contacts over on Gotham Group, which is an um, artist management group. And the only way you can get in is by being recommended, apparently. Mm-hmm. So uh, they put my name down. And that's how I met my current still uh, manager. So uh, the reason why I felt the need for a manager is because I wanted to be a director and a showrunner. And mm-hmm. most of the time, managers are looking for that. Mm-hmm. They're looking for people who want to be directors and above. Because, mm-hmm. you know, yep. you, they get a cut of the check. So they want people who make, yes. you know, more money, understandably so. Like, that's the business. <laughs> and... Right. Um, yeah, so he's the one that found me the Invader Zim test. Mm-hmm. And part of me was like, how? Mm. Like, because, uh, backstory is, and Jonan do- knows this. Jonan is the, for those who don't know, is the creator and showrunner of Invader Zim. Yeah, he's been on the show. Oh, yeah. hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, that was a great episode. Yeah, yeah. he's awesome. Uh, yeah, uh, backstory for me on Invader Zim is that growing up, I didn't like it. I thought, <laughs> oh How dare my you? gosh. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's so, fun. <laughs> That's so funny. And this I... interview is canceled. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, and again, no, Jonan no, knows this. He knows this. Jonan probably was like, this. you don't like my show? Great. Please come come work on my show. That's Basically. So but I mean, I told him this much later. I didn't go like, I hate right. your yeah. show. You know, it's, no. I don't like this. <laughs> it would actually suck working here you know it's yeah uh, yeah so uh i got the test and i thought man i never liked this show growing up i thought it was kind of depressing and ugly <laughs> but my wife was a huge fan is a huge mm-hmm. fan and uh she goes please please just please do it for me and besides i didn't want to pass up on a job opportunity a job is a job mm-hmm. And as a storyboard artist, you're supposed to be versatile in your art style, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I thought, well, I never want to be unemployed again. I know what mm-hmm. it's like to be hungry. <laughs> and uh, as much as I was like, uh, you know what? Yes. Okay, let's try it out. Uh, there were other jobs that I was applying for, but this was the one that kind of called my attention a little bit because I was like, okay, maybe let's try it out. So I watched a couple of the episodes now as a grown beautiful woman you know (laughs) and uh i i remember thinking oh my god i was right this is depressing and Uh, yeah you know it's depressing yeah (laughs) and then i thought i get it now i get it Mm. i love this this is great ah you came around okay Uh uh-huh yeah because i became a bitter person have joking it's just that you know it feels genuine and how crude it can be yeah um 
is so I and you know again Jonan knows this is not like I'm you know talking shit behind his back or anything Mm -hmm. but uh yeah so I got the test I did it I had a lot of fun and I thought well you know here we go we'll see I didn't expect to get it so when they were like hey come on over we want to interview I was like oh my god crazy and then you know I I think I met them once I cannot remember and I had the job like within the month so uh that was interesting. I didn't know who Jonan was or what he looked like. And so I was like, I, who is this? And I don't want to ask because, you know, it, he's well known. So I didn't want to mm. be like, I don't know who you are. You know? <laughs> so uh, I just kind of went about my first couple of days not knowing. Uh, and I remember being like, who is this guy who's like taking over the meetings? And I was like, wait. <laughs> ah. <laughs> so That's yeah, so funny. I had the, I don't think I had as much fun in any production as I had on Zim. It was so much fun. That's uh, all I've ever heard. Like, it just seems like such a great crew. I mean, I'm friends with like 80% of that crew. It's a, <laughs> it's a good, it's a good energy. Like it's just, um, yeah, it seems like it was a really fun time. Yeah. Yeah. You guys were like, the, it's so funny because I remember being on Loud House when you guys were around and I hung out with you guys like, maybe once and I was like man these are the cool kids and it's so funny because I heard from another crew that the Loud House crew was considered to be the cool kids so I'm like none of this makes any sense why are we all you know you know (laughs) you know uh I I don't know because I didn't really leave my little floor with the Zim Mm -hmm. crew because I I had a lot of fun with them so i didn't feel the need of like making more friends and i i didn't mean i don't mean that as in like <laughs> i'm too good for them yeah yeah but right. you know it's just that i was like i found i found my family you <laughs> know um, yeah 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 and also i'm yeah, shy yeah. so um yeah it, it's uh yeah. It, it was an incredible experience um and i had Gosh, it's one of my favorite, again, one of my favorite productions to have worked on. Jonan is a very genuine person. Um, Mm -hmm. And the people who work there, I was, I felt very honored to be working with them. They're incredible artists. Uh, Yeah. So uh, after that, I, um, I received an email from Cartoon Network saying, hey, you know, uh, we we would like you to uh, you know apply or like you know come for an interview this is you know the the kind of short of infinity train please watch it and if i remember correctly uh i hope owen dennis the showrunner of infinity mm-hmm. train said that he was interested in me because he saw my invader zim fan art that i you know, the doodles that I have done while in production. Mm. And uh, he thought, well, if she can draw Zim and she has all the other styles, then she could draw my characters, right? Mm. And that's why when people tell you, don't draw fan art, no, do draw fan art. Try. Very you know, true. It's, it's mm-hmm. because a lot of times, uh, you know, that's how people find you. You know, on top of being able to be versatile in your style. So, yeah, um, 
I, I went to the interview and I remember saying something that I was like, oh no, oh no, that came out really arrogant because I was like, okay, well, when do you want me to start? And I was like, they never even said, you know, that was my first interview. And I was like, oh no, <gasps> that sounded like for me, I was just wondering like, hey, when would you like me to start? As in like, when is production starting? Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you mean exactly. Yeah, yeah. those like moments when you're like, this came out completely wrong and now they have a completely skewed image of me. Uh -huh. Yeah. But... Uh -huh. <laughs> but you know what? Uh Owen turned to Maddie. Uh, and they went, Well, uh can you start on this date? And I was like, Oh, well, shit. Uh yeah. <laughs> and I walked nice. out of there with a job. <laughs> nice. I love this. Yeah. No, it was very nerve wracking for like the whole maybe 20 seconds they turned to each other I, I was like oh no i just burnt myself oh no um yeah yeah so uh after that uh you know i think the jobs i i had like a little bit of time between jobs i think it was like four weeks and i remember i remember thinking oh my oh my god this is so long i've never uh this is nerve-wracking but then i realized this is pretty normal and so now I wish I had this long to between jobs, uh, right? Uh, because it it helps, you know. Um, yeah, uh, I um, I uh, uh, after uh, you know working on Infinity Train, which was beautiful, because I, I initially was like, oh, you know, I've never heard of this. I watched the pilot and I found it very interesting. Like it felt very. Uh, have you guys watched The Goonies? Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. It felt like uh, like the 90s, uh, late 80s, kids going on adventures, but yes. bad things still happen. And like, you know, you mm -hmm. don't talk down to kids. They get it. Um, yeah. So I, I found it very interesting. Uh, I found Tulip very interesting. And I was like, I would love working here. And I didn't apply for something else. You know, I mean, I mm. did walk out with a job. Uh, but I remember thinking, oh, my God, I, I love this. And so I stayed there the entire first season. And I storyboarded for like the first half of the second season. And uh, that was, you know, while oh yeah while i was on zim the last leg of zim my my manager was like all right it's time to to apply let's let's uh or rather let's let's pitch your show because uh and rewinding when i met him back on my hasbro days uh he the way that uh i interviewed for my you know to be uh you know, part of uh, Gotham Group was that you take your portfolio and basically you're applying to have a manager. Mm -hmm. Like the manager will decide, oh yeah, you have, you know, you kind of align with what we want and what we're looking for. Interesting. And so, uh, one of his his uh, like you know, after asking me, what would you like to do? What's your goal? How far would you like to go? You know, is uh, because it's perfectly normal to want to stay a revisionist, a storyboard right. artist, a director. Like, you know, that those are all very respectable jobs. Uh, so when I say, oh, you know, what other higher positions, it just means like in 
within the production. I don't mean that as like better jobs, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Um, also, another question that he asked was, you know, uh, would you like to be a showrunner or like pitch or an executive what? And I said, yeah, I would love to showrun. He's like, cool. Well, what do you have? And I had a couple ideas. Um, and uh, my wife, I remember her telling me, please pitch him Onyx. Because I wasn't gonna. I, I didn't want to. I didn't feel confident that someone would want it. Because it was very... Like, I didn't see... I had not seen anything like it in animation. In mm. both anime or Western. Or at least that I was aware of. Uh, or that I had been done to that degree by a Mexican or by, you know. And so I told her, well, no one would want it. There's a reason there's nothing like it. And she goes, no, like, maybe it's because no one has pitched it. So pitch it. And <laughs> she she denies it, but she was like, you know, I would be very angry with you if you didn't pitch it. I'm like, okay, okay, fine. <laughs> so... I show him my other pitches and he was like, oh, okay, well, you know, there's something kind of similar to this. And and by similar, I mean, if there's a girl that goes on an adventure and there's kind of sort of scary stories, oh, that's Owl House. Even mm. though it's nothing similar. It's like, like, that's the general of what studios do, really. Mm-hmm. Even mm-hmm. if it's not like, oh, two girls and going on an adventure. Oh, that's another one we already have. Even though the genre might be completely different. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, I I remember him going, well, what else do you have? Do you have something else? And I remember, like, hearing my, vo- my wife's vo- voice, like, pitch it, pitch it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I pull it out. I'm like, all right. So I kind of, like, you know, pitch it a little not enthusiastically but then as i got into it i started remembering why i loved it and i you know and i just went really into it and he goes i love it i love it this is yeah. great and i was like really he's like yeah this is so different and you know there's nothing like it right now and i haven't seen you know so i was like oh my god it worked <laughs> mm-hmm. um yeah so uh we started working on the pitch from then and by working on the pitch i mean i already had the material but he's like okay now let's put together a pitch bible for an animation studio because mm-hmm. what i had was really for comic books because initially i wanted it to be a comic book i pitched it after i graduated and i had tokyo pop germany interested in it i actually went through the process they gave me a contract but i didn't sign it because something told me i could do something else with this Mm-hmm. So I said no to my dream job, which was mm-hmm. weird. Um, yeah, so uh, I pitched Onyx to him. He loved it. And I thought, oh, my God, is this really where it starts? Because I remember telling my wife, you know, I don't know how it'll happen. Uh, but one day I'll be a showrunner. One day I'll showrun Onyx. Yeah. I said, I don't know how, but it's going to happen. Like, no doubt. I had no doubt in my heart that it was going to happen. And this was back in 2011 when I said this, you know. So Mm -hmm. I remember we were walking to the grocery store back then. And, like, I just... It was such a moment of clarity for me. 
And so, yeah, when it was happening, I was like, holy crap. This is, this is where it starts. Great. Mm. And whatever happens, you know, at least I tried. Right. So, um, yeah, I start working uh, over the pitch. Uh, start going over the pitch with him. Uh, we start fleshing out the characters more. And by that, I mean, again, what are the things that you need to mention to the executives in order to catch their attention? Mm-hmm. Right? So... Uh, after we had that ready, um, I was just starting on Infinity Train when I started pitching my story. And, um, I pitched to Frederator and Crunchyroll. I remember not wanting to pitch to Netflix because I thought, well, I'm nobody in the industry. And I feel like my show would get drowned out by all the material that's already there. Mm -hmm. So I didn't even want to pitch Netflix and um, which ended up being good because uh, around the same time that I was pitching, Jorge was pitching his story. Oh, so no. <laughs> <laughs> it worked out for the both of us. Good. Yeah. yeah I mean, I feel like they would have said yes to him before they would have said yes to me. I mean, it's Jorge, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, it is Jorge. Which, by the way, I adore Jorge. He's yeah, he's amazing. Great. He's also been on the show. <laughs> Yeah, his interview is really is one of my favorites. It's so, it's yeah, so yeah, he's such a good storyteller. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, uh, both Frederator and Crunchyroll wanted the story, and the way I pitched, uh, you know, was after practicing with my manager over and over and over. He's like, "Okay, you're ready." So uh, I pitched to Frederator first. And they like immediately were like, yeah, we want to hear more. We want, we want you to come back. And so he was like, wait, 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 don't say yes. We should option it to other places. Like, don't, don't, don't rush. And I was like, but what are you talking about? They, they want it now. So it's like, you know, the, the, uh-huh. as like a fresh person in the industry, be like, but my dream is, my dream is like, it's right there. I could just take it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I waited and I had a general meeting with uh, a Crunchyroll uh, uh, development executive, uh, Marissa Balkis, who mm-hmm. I adore. Marissa, I adore you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just a general meeting. I wasn't even supposed to pitch. It was kind of a, hi, hey, I'm Sophia. Oh. Um, this is my whole deal. I would like to do this, whatever. And just to get to know executives in the industry like that's what general meetings are for and uh i remember after you know it was almost our our meeting was almost over it was like an hour long meeting and i remember we hit it off about like you know when she was like oh tell me more about mexico like uh, you know the pyramids and stuff you mentioned it was like well you know and she was like i love mesoamerican uh like history and culture it's so fascinating to me and she started showing me pictures of when she was young of like doing dioramas of like the pyramid um, so she really loved it. i was like oh oh great. yeah hmm. that's serendipitous and i was like you know what i was like hey i have a story interesting enough and she's like really i was like well i have it right here and i brought out my ipad that's uh amazing. which always be ready always yeah, you yeah, never that... know when opportunity will strike yeah yep. 
And so I was like, the worst thing that can happen is she goes, oh, not right now. Let's have another me another meeting for that. She was like, yeah, let's, we have 10 more minutes. I'm like, cool, I'm ready for this. Uh, oh, nice. You know, so I, I pitched it to her very quickly. And she's like, you know what? We're, we're already kind of in the process of signing with another person for our, they had like four shows that were running, uh, two in Japan and two in the U.S., uh, one of them was High Guardian Spice. And so, uh, yeah, they. she went, you know, we're already in the process, but you know what? I really like this. I feel like it's very unique. And by the way, in the process, I don't think that we're about to sign, you know? Like, that would mm -hmm. be kind of sad, you know? <laughs> like, oh no, it's like not someone off the show running opportunity. Uh, but... Uh, I, I mean, I truly don't know how far into the process or who they are. Um, but basically, she was like, I'm going to talk to the head of studio. Let me let me show her this um, and let's meet again. Well, sure enough, I met with the head of studio two months later. I had more done for the pitch Bible. And she goes, great. I love it. Well, uh, we want you to go to... I don't know, San Francisco, San Diego. Yes, yeah, San Diego, mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. our headquarters is, our Crunchyroll headquarters is, and we want you to pitch it to, uh, basically, like the honchos <laughs> of Crunchyroll. Uh, and so I went over, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" And by by then, Marissa had helped me kind of like um, make a. PowerPoint presentation, basically, of Onyx, uh, telling them about my background, uh, why this is personal to me, why I'm the right fit to tell this specific story. Not mes not be the person that tells Mesoamericans, but just this specific story. Because this story is very... Well, it has very personal elements. Sure. That's the story I know, right? Um, uh, which I will go into in a bit, uh, if you're interested, but, uh, yeah, they, they really liked it. And soon enough, I was signing contracts and this was why I was on infinity train on the second season. And, uh, they said, Hey, you know, right now we need help on high guardian spice. You know, could you help us doing some storyboards? And, you know, in the meantime, you get to know what our process is like. And I was like, that's that's genius. That's perfect. Mm -hmm. So I go over to High Guardian Spice um, and uh, thank, you know, the Infinity Train people. Because I, I didn't want to leave in the middle of the season, but I also needed to leave in order to learn the ropes of how Crunchyroll worked in order for me to be a better showrunner. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, which, by the way, <laughs> nothing really prepares you to be a showrunner. Unless you do yeah. directing and supervising, which I had not done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even um, that probably doesn't. Even that probably is not <laughs> even close no. to the level of, of uh, no. it, work. It's definitely not the level. It does help, though, does. I think, to be in leadership positions because yes. oh, there yeah. is, like, there are moments, like, for me as a director, where, like, you get a million notes and you have just two days to do them, or, like, mm -hmm. you know, like, just the thing, like, just things like that where it's like, 
you <laughs> it feels like you're navigating a ship and everything uh -huh. is yeah, great yeah. and it's just like the sea is calm today and all today. of a sudden a huge storm hits you <laughs> and you have to make sure nobody dies yes yes you have to take care of your team yeah, yeah. absolutely exactly. yeah I used to have so... this like oh sorry go ahead no 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 go ahead go oh, ahead i was gonna say i used to have this naive thinking of like you know in my early to mid 20s that i could run a show if i if it landed in my lap and like <laughs> Maybe I'd figure it out, maybe. But I think that the crew probably would have suffered to some degree. You know, like there was a lot of things that I just didn't know about leadership and management, mm -hmm. like project management. And yeah. um, it's just, it's politics. Like there's so many different factors. Yes. Yeah. And yes. now, like, politics, that's Politics a big are one. huge. And, and nobody, yeah. yeah. People that are talking about pitching shows and getting into show running, they don't even, they, they don't even fathom how much no. of that is is like you have to be yeah. kind of ruthless you have to be kind but also ruthless you have to yes. be empathetic but also like logistic like there's so many things and yeah. uh now that i'm 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 a manager right now and it's like uh man it, it's there's a lot of stuff that i just never even knew was a thing you have to know you know <laughs> like i didn't know what i didn't mm -hmm. know um so yeah, yeah that, if you have if you can get that kind of experience fucking get it because like you would not be yeah. able to be a successful showrunner if you absolutely don't have and that's exactly yeah. what i was gonna go into mm -hmm. it's like, perfectly you put it perfectly it's i wish i had had the experience i had more storyboarding experience and that i had director experience and supervising experience because you said it like it makes mm -hmm. you a better leader yeah. it teaches you empathy towards those who will help you through the process mm -hmm. not and not to say that I wasn't empathetic, because actually one of the first things I did while on High Guardian, I was like, I'm going to talk to the, revision, the revisionist. I'm going to talk to the board artist. I'm going to talk to, to get a feel of, are they happy here? What's the process like? Right. You know, because mm -hmm. a lot of people were green right out of college. They didn't know any Whoa. better, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, I'm not going to generalize. There's good people at Crunchyroll. But there's also people that are willing to take advantage of people who don't know and they're told that they should feel grateful. Yeah, that's disappointing. You know? I think so, it's like it's also like uh like come more common than we think. You oh, know what yeah. I'm saying? It's like it's it's not just I think every studio has a little bit of that mm -hmm. uh, going on. Yeah. Absolutely. So I got them all, I wrangled them all. And I was like, can we, can we talk? And by then I knew enough about the industry. And thanks to my manager as well, because he he knew the rate that I should be paid for uh, based on my experience, etc. So I, I was like, hey, you know, how long, how many hours do you guys work? How do you, are you feeling, do you feel comfortable telling me how much you get paid? Because that's an important one. Talk to your peers about your experience talk to them about your pay mm -hmm. you know because the reason why a lot of people don't get paid well is because they don't know any better they don't know what to ask for yep mm -hmm. so that kind of prepared me for the kind of studio that i was going to work for mm -hmm. but not enough mm -hmm. and i am my gosh the team that i work with they really love the show it, they put their heart and souls into it 
which was kind of painful to watch because the schedule and the budget did not reflect what at a studio how it should be budgeted and scheduled and a lot of them want like one of my editors don he i i went back to the studio like around 11 because uh i went back home to eat and you know do what i needed to do before i headed back to just kind of finish some stuff and i saw my editor there and i was like what are you doing here he goes well i gotta finish this it's due tomorrow and it's like no go home he's like but i'm we're not gonna i, I asked for more time they're not giving it to me mm. and i thought you know oh did you talk to this one person did you talk to this one person it's like yeah they said no and this is not on production by the way this is on someone much higher yes mm-hmm. and a lot yeah. of times production their hands are tied you know yes yes mm-hmm. so i i was shocked i was like no like you have this is a lot of work you're not gonna be done until 6 a.m at least and he's like yeah but I, I want this to be done right and i remember i almost started crying because <laughs> i'm exhausted uh and i'm seeing people good people who love what they do who believe in a project putting their personal lives and even their health on the line for something that they believe in and that's the problem with studios. They take advantage of that love and passion mm-hmm. and burn people out. Mm-hmm. And so I remember telling him, I don't want you to do this. I don't want to build my my dream on the backs of others. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times we were given no choice. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> when some of my board artists are like, oh, they offered me a job here. I'm like, go, go. You, you should go. <laughs> I was well aware yeah. of how difficult the show was. So I was very thankful for those who stayed. Um, and it's a beautiful show too. Like the level of quality oh, you, you achieved is incredible. It's really incredible. It, it's, yeah. it's a miracle it got done. It truly mm-hmm. is. It's a miracle any show gets done. I mean, the amount of people yeah. that, that work together, that have to cu- communicate, the, the budget, the schedule, everything. There's so many things that go into it that people don't know about. Uh, and it's a miracle that yeah. any show gets made. But this show, I'm like, I'm impressed. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so I wish I knew what I now, what I know now and what I can demand. And what I know I have the right to ask for in order to protect the people that work with me. Right. The one thing I was able to do, and I feel like I would like to continue doing, uh, if I am ever presented with that kind of scenario, which I hope I don't, is that uh, Crunchyroll, I I asked them if they were going to unionize by the Mm -hmm. time that my show started Mm -hmm. because they were not union. And they said, yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, but they were taking, they were dragging their feet on it. And I kept going, hey guys, you know, we're about to start production. We need, you know, people need <laughs> basic um, basic um, health plans. They need, you know, like it's, it's, we can't. And so they were taking too long. And like some artists were asking like, hey, you know, I, I don't feel comfortable staying here if. Yeah. If it's not, you know, and I, it's understandable. 
you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's another reason why a lot of artists didn't feel comfortable applying uh, for this job. You know, it's it's difficult to say, hey, do you want to come over and work on my very new, unknown, small studio, small budget uh, show? Yeah. And ex- mm-hmm. like, can you leave Disney for that? Like, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm very grateful for those who believed in it and stuck with me. And and those who also left, like, thank you like for your hard work. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so they were dragging their feet. So I said, this is enough. This is not acceptable. So I I had a big meeting with the head of studio and I said, uh, if you do not unionize by the time production actually starts, I'm walking. Damn, Sophia, that's fucking huge. That's <gasps> wow. like that. Mm. That needs like a round of applause from the internet. <laughs> that's fucking amazing. I uh, see. The thing is that I wasn't thinking when I said that. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> but, those are the sometimes those are the best decisions, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> but I remember thinking like, this is not fair. No, I don't. No. I. You have I mean, a good heart. That, there's, like, that, that's, there's, that's pretty beautiful. You're going to make me cry. This is so beautiful. No, for real. It's like I know, don't like thinking. bullies, man. Yeah. And that's what studios can be. They're, they can be bullies. Yes, they can. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, there's good people out there that are doing their best. A lot of times it takes time. It's not an easy change. Uh, there's so many things that go into it. So I'm not saying, oh, all studios, all executives. and No. No, that's, it's an unfair generalization. But, uh, yeah. So I remember walking out of that meeting and going, oh my God. And I immediately called my manager and I was like, um, so I said this. What have I done? And he goes, uh, uh, okay, um, uh, uh, okay, okay. All right, hang on. Let me make some calls. And I was like, okay. Uh, and I remember calling my wife and be like, so, um, maybe I, fucked up oh sorry i don't know if i can say that words but i was like no it's totally fine yeah i forgot to say it's totally fine (laughs) okay well then i'll say maybe i fucked up um uh so and she goes it's okay it's okay you know uh you did what you thought was good in your heart you know i support you i was like okay cool and i remember going to some of my artists and being like help uh, so this is the situation because I had been talking to them about unionizing. I'm like, what can we do to make this process easier? And because uh, I, I didn't know. I didn't know how. And I didn't know who to ask. So I would go to uh, the uh, Animation Guild because mm-hmm. uh, I was still part of the guild at the time, uh, even though the production wasn't. So and I knew that was going to run out. Right. pretty soon so i was like hey what can i do in order to protect my artists during the process you know and they gave me some tips but even then i was like oh god i i don't know what i'm doing and so in that moment of passion i was like oh, i'm gonna walk out you know uh i didn't say it angrily i was like i'm sorry but you know in a very business way i was like i don't feel right about this and i'm gonna walk out if you know this isn't a thing that happened so um yeah uh like in two days you know 
uh, I was very nervous. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, are they gonna like really kick me out, take my take my show? Which actually wasn't possible because my manager was able to work a pretty fair contract of, you know, they cannot make the show without me. So it would be a pretty big loss for both of us, you know? It's, yeah. it's mm-hmm. um, so yeah, uh, we actually, we were able to unionize through. That's amazing. It, yeah, it was still through a third party, but I was able, you know, not I. It's it wasn't also, also not a lot of people. I cannot take all the credit. My big mouth was a push. Yeah, but but yeah, it wasn't it, everything. It it takes people in positions of power to make those kinds of things happen, and it's not easy to do. And you did it, and like that's that's amazing. Right. I think that's huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. really great. I think because it's like because that's the thing. Everything that you said, it's like. You know, it asks for a lot of courage and it's like a huge gamble. And it's like, who is, you know, uh, it asks for a lot of bravery to to make that gamble, right? To like take that risk, you <laughs> it know? It really is a gamble. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, it really is. By um, the way, V, these drawings are beautiful. Oh, thank um, you. I feel guilty for not being able to draw. Uh, but, no, but you're fine. I really you're... cannot multitask. No, no, <laughs> yes. you're you're talking up a storm. That's it's uh, exactly it's, it's more your important. story is way more interesting than the drawings right now. <laughs> that's not true. These are beautiful. Um, yeah, that's a really amazing story. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, that's, that's huge. I love that. Yeah. yeah, I had a lot of support, by the way, by some executives. So it wasn't just like, oh, they were the bad guys. So, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but that's that's great to know too, because yeah. that means that like you were emboldened, like because because if no one was on your side, I guess it would have been a lot harder to <laughs> yes. to make that decision. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But we we've talked about it before, you know, the sort of butting of heads with execs and with artists, and we've had executives on the show, um, mm-hmm. and they've talked about their side of it, and a lot of the time yeah. they're aware of all of the problems, and they mm-hmm. would love to support the artists more, but then there's somebody that's even higher than them that doesn't want to or that you know whatever and so like yeah yeah and so it takes it it sometimes just takes somebody to break that silence and to speak up and then everyone falls in line because it's nobody wants to be the one nobody wants to risk their neck a lot Mm -hmm. of the time but Mm -hmm. once somebody else you know honestly once somebody else becomes a scapegoat Everyone else will, is yeah. more likely to be like, oh, yep, yep, me too. You know, it's the like, I'm Spartacus yeah. thing, where it's like, if, <laughs> all it takes is one person to go, I'm Spartacus. And then everyone's like, I'm Spartacus. I'm Spartacus. Because you can't yeah. fire everybody and you can't get rid of right. everybody. But it takes that yeah. first person to be brave. And so that's, right. that's amazing. Yeah. Um, very, very, very brave of you. Very cool. We like to ask our guests about creative block and uh, how it feels for them and how they deal with it. Creative block. You know, ah, this is a hard one because I suffered of creative block for about five years, like straight into the industry because, you know, of a lot of personal things that were happening. I just didn't have the strength to, or like the bandwidth, not the strength, the bandwidth to work for hours drawing someone else's character doing you know a lot of brain work because Mm -hmm. it does take a lot of brain a lot of mental uh it's it's crazy what we do uh artists in general and so uh i would go back home and all i want to do is nothing just uh, maybe play some video games uh i just want to turn off my brain but uh 
and I also realized I cannot draw on anything that's not Storyboard Pro. My brain somehow goes, Storyboard Pro, business time. We gotta go. Like yes. something switched. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. cannot, for the li- to this day, cannot for the life of me open up uh, Procreate or Clip Studio Paint and go, I'm gonna draw something from scratch here. It, it, it stresses me out. There's so many tools, you know, and like what I like about Storyboard Pro is that because it's where I work the loosest, I feel comfortable making mistakes. I feel comfortable uh, undoing uh, and because I love using the vector uh, pencil. So mm-hmm. it's not pretty line work. It's pretty basic. Uh, so I feel more uh, comfortable less scared of having to erase something that's you know a a line of textured pencil you know it's too much uh and i lost that creative block well to begin with i'm not counting the years that i was working on onyx uh because even then uh, i i just didn't have time to draw period there's no time Mm -hmm. uh and the drawings actually a fun fact of the drawings at the very end of every episode uh that was an idea i always had but when it came to drawing it i was so burnt out from show running um and stressed and anxious that i was like i don't know if i can draw this i don't know if i i know how to draw anymore mm. uh, and so i actually canceled it i was like well let's just do footage of the show but literally the day before I was like, no, I got to do this. And all those drawings I did as quick as I could. Uh, actually, my wife helped a lot with some of the concepts because I could just not think. Mm. Uh, so it happens to everyone. Um, and then, you know, I took a, uh, a four-month break after the show before going back into, into anything. Uh, I went into a couple writers' rooms, uh, development. Currently, I'm developing helping develop a pilot for Disney, um, helping develop uh, a couple things for AMC, or a couple, <laughs> one thing for AMC, uh, and I'm currently directing over at Marvel. That is so cool. That is yeah. so amazing. I love this. But uh, during that break, uh, or in between like uh, big jobs, like bigger jobs, uh, one of my friends, he started... Uh, a D&D campaign. Well, it's it's actually not D&D. It's called Masks, which is more role-based. Role-based? <laughs> more role-play-based mm-hmm. and uh, less math, which is good because yeah, I, that is I can't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's uh, based on superheroes and, you know. Awesome. Um, yeah, so we created our characters and I'm in love with the story. I'm in love with the characters. And that's how I started drawing. And actually, I don't post my art online anymore oh interesting yeah i keep it on uh, between six of my friends uh they're the only ones that know what i truly enjoy wow because after after you become a showrunner a director a, a storyboard artist even like uh, people kind you're kind of like a rock star a little bit people go oh my gosh you know you're what i want to be yeah. and like you have a bunch of followers and social yeah. media is big uh especially depending on like the kind of studio you're at you know mm-hmm. um so uh once you're kind of on that public figure spectrum 
you have to be careful with how much you share about yourself because then people think that they know you. Yeah. And that's where that para relationship, what is it called? Parasocial relationship becomes a thing. You know, it's, it's very easy to fall into that. I mean, I've fallen into that. Uh, mm. where I watched, you know, Jenna Marvels for years. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you feel like you know them, but yeah. you don't, you know? Uh, so I wanted to limit my personal life to just me being professional. That's why I hardly post on Instagram. I'm trying to be more uh, active because it's also not good to just not be active at all. So mm. I did post uh, a couple drawings here and there of my my mask character, but he feels too personal to me. I don't... I almost don't want to share him at all. I have like hundreds of drawings of him that I do almost every day. And that I feel so good because I don't feel like I have to perform for the general public. This is mine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. I remember thinking to myself, well, Onyx is no longer mine. This is the public's now. Right. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel that that was a big part of getting over my creative block is... Finding something I truly enjoyed, found precious to me. Uh, it could be fan art of some characters. Uh, it could be your own thing. Anything that gets you out of that funk is incredible. So, uh, yeah, I would say find something that truly makes you feel passionate about drawing again. Find the the what what makes like the not the platform the the program or a piece of paper or whatever you need to feel comfortable into dipping your toe back your toe your feet (laughs) just going back into that mindset uh whatever that is right yeah right yeah never forget that you're doing this because you wanted to create something uh sure share it share it with the public you feel confident but more than anything make something that makes you happy because the moment that you feel like you have to perform for the public, that's when it can go wrong, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Yeah. unless yep. you're actually dedicating it to your Patreon and like, you know, it's actually part of the jobs that you chose. Uh, but I would say uh, try, don't, don't lose yourself in the performance part of it. Do not lose yourself in the likes and the retweets and the, you know, the social yeah. media part of it that kills yeah. you easily because you compare yourself to other artists. No, yeah. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that I'm a showrunner, that I'm whatever I am. I still go through the same thing. I still go through imposter syndrome. I still, you know, it's nothing changes. Yeah, that's For so sure. true. Um, yeah. We had some good questions on Twitter uh, from at Dino Lich, uh, our mutual friend Moss. Hey, Moss. Uh, what was the research research process like for Onyx Equinox? I know you had the story for a while before working with uh, Crunchyroll. Was it something you've been researching over time, or was there any development time to deep dive into the culture and mythology? It's definitely something that I had already done some research, not as in like depth as I went when I developed it, because this was more of a a project for myself so i didn't feel the need to like make it as accurate but the more serious this got where i was like oh yeah i'm actually going to make this i want to make sure that it's mesoamerican especially like the cultures that i was going to um represent i had a fair representation and yes onyx is still a fantasy but I would say that 80% of what you see on Onyx is as accurate as we could make it and as authentic to the culture 
and trying to be respectful about it as well. Um, and show even the parts that are not as pretty. Um, but yeah, uh, the, the amount of time we had to like really go into deep dive and kind of like give my team a crash course uh, was uh, two months, maybe? That's mm. that's the development time we had before we went not like into yeah. wow two months is very <laughs> short yeah it is very short oh my gosh <gasps> wow yeah uh, we did have a consultant uh, we had an archaeologist uh, arch uh, anthropologist and uh, it, her her field of expertise was Mesoamerican Mexico uh, specifically the Maya and the Aztec, uh, or, well, Nahua people. It's, Aztec is very broad. Um, uh, but yeah, um, it's, uh, it's, it, it was a, a process, and that's why I mentioned Mona, uh, Monica Robles, as being very important to the process, because I needed as many people who understood the history, the background, uh, that it was personal to us. Uh, so yeah, we even while writing, even during uh, production, we were still doing research, uh, especially because a lot of the backgrounds, a lot of uh, things like, for example, the ball game play Ulama or Tlachtli, mm -hmm. depending on. I mean, there's there's many names for it, but we call it Ulama. Uh, that is a game that most people didn't know of, uh, you know, and you know people watched Road to El Dorado, but uh the how do you storyboard something that you're not very familiar with uh so i had to like almost do like a tiny crash course like give the artists like um the uh the right reference the videos for it and uh because it's so easy to go online and go uh aztec warrior and one of the first things that you'll find is uh costumes Halloween costumes, uh, mm. a lot of people would, um, you know, tourists wouldn't be able to tell the difference between Purepecha, Maya, Totonac, Aztec, Zapotec. You know, there's so many uh, cultures that are don't have the spotlight. And so uh, for, for a lot of people, I was going to be one of the first exposures, uh, show, uh, Onyx was going to be one of the first exposures to a lot of these cultures. So, yeah, the pressure was there to make sure that we had the correct uh, resources and people to to um, go to. If, even the music, we use uh, a combination of the instruments that would have been used, that we know of at least, because there's so many things that were lost to the Spanish invasion. Um because a lot of it was destroyed and burned, and mm. it's very sad and unfortunate. Um, uh, but um, yeah, even the music uh, for Zianya, who is who is uh, Zapotec, uh, she had a theme song basically where um, the the lyrics were in Zapotec. Uh, the the lullaby that plays in the at the end credits is in Nahua. Right, because Izel mm. and Nelly are actually from Tenochtitlan, which is basically the capital of um, what we know as the Aztecs. Um, 
like uh, oh. yeah, it, it's it's all the language. Everything was as well thought as uh, of as we could um, with the time that we had. And of course, like in most productions, the storyboards caught like caught up to uh, the art, and then yeah. the board artists didn't right. have um, didn't have uh, backgrounds. So I was like, "Oh God, um, it, you know, you have to rush because I cannot expect board artists to create concepts of something." Um, but a lot of times they still did. And I hated that because yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, "That shouldn't be on you. This is already a crazy, <laughs> a crazy yeah. job in general." But yeah, that's uh, that's what we did. Cool. Uh, that is very cool. Yeah. Uh, from at Brandon Cold One, is it difficult to pitch a show with LGBTQ plus characters, and why? <sighs> Unfortunately, for the most part, yes. Yeah. Uh, even though there's a lot of executives and people in leadership positions that are open to it, it also falls on the kind of storytelling that the studio is known for. They don't want to uh, leave that branding that they have. And unfortunately, in more than a couple meetings, I have gotten executives in the room tell me, Oh, we're a family studio. Right. Oh, when gotcha. when I okay. ask, how do you feel about having LGBT characters? Uh, from at Rolito Papel, were you inspired by any person to create the characters or their personality? And can you tell us a fun fact about the Onyx Equinox characters? Let me see. Uh, a fun fact, right off the top of my head, is that Xiania originally, uh, she's our resident badass uh, warrior girl. Uh, originally, she was uh, designed as a boy. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's, you know, back during the days where I was like, oh, I like male characters more than female characters because I see myself more represented on male characters as being more real than mm -hmm. female characters. That's very relatable. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, especially in anime, like it's like it feels yeah. like a male character is like that's how women act too. You know? mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it was during the time where I used to think that way, but then I realized, oh, you know, it's 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 changing, and different kinds of women are being represented now because there's nothing wrong in being the girly girl, the princess that needs saving. Like we need all of that. But the problem is when it's only that. So uh, I, I realized I wanted another girl character in in the team. So I was like, why not Xiania? Like literally her story did not change. It was still the same. All we did is I told my my myself, instead of he, just write she. Right, yeah. That's it. That's all mm -hmm. it takes to write a female character. <laughs> you know what's crazy is like I, that, that, I always go through that too because i'm also programmed to always default to male it's partially because i am male but also because yeah. a lot of media is um male centric and mm -hmm. i don't want to be a part of the problem and so i actively try to include more female characters and it really is that fucking easy like i yep. i will default i will create a character that's male and i go Nah, and I was just like, "What if the what if it was female?" And it usually makes for a far more interesting character that has not been 
seen in animation or whatever, yeah. you know, and it's like, but those, yeah. those, those girls or those women exist. And so it's like, yeah. oh, and now, now this is more interesting than another trope or stereotype or whatever. And it's like, now this is something yeah. that's interesting. It really is that. Yeah. And that can be said about like, you know, they, you yeah. know, like non-binary. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's obviously some nuances that would be complicated to go into. So I, uh, well, I yeah. think once you yeah. once you make that switch in your head, then you can start to fill in those blanks with yeah. aspects of that character that would be, you know, part of the yeah. female experience or the non-binary experience. And it, it, yeah. and it and that also makes the character more interesting. It's just like it just it adds depth that wasn't might not have been there if it's just like this is the hero type, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's and consulting uh, and and including of course the people that you are trying to represent is also important yeah uh yeah absolutely uh well awesome this has been an amazing episode um sophia do you uh, is it, first of all is there anything you want uh to plug or anything else you wanted to mention while you're on the show uh yeah i i like telling especially people who are trying to break into the industry make friends yeah uh turn to your peers for advice for support uh, support each other. There is, there are enough jobs in the industry. This is not a competition because who the person who works with you will one day be your boss or you could be their boss or both. You would be the boss of them uh, or leader, not <laughs> boss. The, the, you would be in a leadership position one day and they could be in a leadership, leadership position towards you you in like another like it changes so quickly um pitching stories help each other uh yeah. give each other um uh share your thoughts your stories um and uh like again support each other i think that's the big one um i think we have straight a little bit in animation as like oh no i have to be the one that does this because i want to be the first one yeah and, and you know and that's the problem like there's we're all here after the same thing we all want to tell a beautiful story we want to tell our we want to we want to share with the world something you not getting your show made is not because the person next to you got it made it this is something that they wanted that you are currently not offering that's all it is yeah it's mm -hmm. not because they were better at pitching than you it's because yeah. maybe the story wasn't what they were gelling with yeah. so it's not a competition same with storyboarding positions same with sometimes people are looking for certain things so treat each other with respect make friends you know yeah. don't be a jerk mm -hmm. um yeah and that's, yeah man that's good like, advice uh, no matter who you are on like the on your position, where the showrunner, director, treat each other with respect. Um, we're all nerds, you know. No matter who you are, what you've done, I honestly think we shouldn't care. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Speak for yourself. I'm cool as hell. Um, <laughs> I'm not a nerd at all. Uh, no, that's not true. I'm the worst. Um, what kind of uh, what kind of plans do you have for your future, either like career or maybe some life goals? You know, I'm kind of taking it easy, but I would like to show run again. Sure. Uh, but personally, I would like to 
go back to directing, supervising. Show running is hard, man. Yeah. Um, so I would like to get a little bit more experience. Even though I've already show run, I would like to take a step back, uh, get more experience in positions where I would have benefited a lot from if I had before, uh, before I go back to show running. And um, this is something that I told my manager specifically. Uh, and um, yeah, uh, I have an idea. Well, I have like three ideas that um, two of them are I'm working along my wife with. And uh, one of them is actually Marvel related, oh, cool. which I'm very excited about. But again, I'm not trying to do it anytime soon. Right. Or who knows? Maybe it'll happen. <laughs> you never know. Never know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Well, that's the end of this creative block. Sophia, thanks for being our guest and sharing your story. And thanks to your listeners. Follow us on Twitter. It's at Creative Block, Creative Without the Vowels, where we ask for drawing prompts and questions to ask our guests. Huge thanks to our editor, Clements, for editing the podcast, and Malik for helping us produce the show. If you love our show, then support us on Patreon. Becoming a patron gets you early access to interviews as well as bonus episodes. Click the link in the description of this episode. I've been your host, Gene. And I was V. Keep being creative, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.